0: Welcome, welcome to the Bake Off Shake Off, where I like to pretend that people care about my opinions about the Great British Bake Off, our absolute favourite show, our piece of escapism and our our cosy place, to be honest with you, our little bit of home when all things seem a little bit crazy in the world, and they truly do. Um, Here in the UK, we've just entered our second lockdown, And it's a really uneasy time, lockdown too, Electric Avenue. So what better way to comfort ourselves than to dive straight into some absolute baking. And isn't it really lovely to know that um, this Bake Off filming happened in the summer, like at the height of the first lockdown? I find that really, really interesting and quite promising that, you know, not everything has to grind to a complete halt (laughs) in these lockdowns, especially this one, which seems to have you know quite a lot of flexibility here for us citizens um in the uk but it's nice to look back on the summertime and see how everyone everyone's lives kind of came together it's a really lovely thing to be able to do i've got to mention the fact that we lost louis from series five of um, original bake-off on bbc and honestly so 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 gutting um I remember about Louis that he just really stuck out in my mind as just being really confident in his stuff. And I found that really refreshing. There was so much, there can be so much self-deprecation on Bake Off that to have someone who say, like, I just distinctly remember him going, yeah, I'm really pleased with that, like about something he'd made. And I don't feel like that happened a lot before Louis kind of entered the competition. So really going to miss him. He was an insanely talented baker like he absolutely deserved to be in the top 3 um and I know that he went on to have like a beautiful career and was able to kind of make baking in his career which is obviously what all of the contestants really want to do so thoughts are with his family um and thank you Louis for being an absolutely fantastic person to watch like brilliant brilliant baker um super sad to hear that really going. also going to share a personal baking disaster so I do enjoy a dabble in the baking world should the mood strike which let me tell you in these lockdown times and these COVID times it truly does as I'm sure it does for loads of us and I thought okay I'll, I'll jump on this autumnal hype Um, I really love pumpkin spicings like the absolute basic bird that I am um, I'm not even going to pretend like I'm anything different than what I am I just have to accept who I am now which is I love pumpkin spice I love autumnal things and if I had the budget and I had a porch you know that porch would just look like Zoella's you know it would I just have to embrace that this is who I am as a person so I thought let's just carry on let's just embrace the stereotype and make pumpkin spice cupcakes and I found this wonderful recipe it's a, I follow them on YouTube and Instagram she's called Cupcake Gemma fantastic like their recipes are fantastic for me every time, perfect every time. And if I've ever made birthday cakes or celebration cakes for friends or family members, she is what I use. Like, honestly, foolhardy, safe every single time, which is why I was surprised and appalled that I could not get these cupcakes sorted. So they're pumpkin spice with the pumpkin puree that you can get in a can. Um, from our Sainsbury's which I think is quite a posh move but by the by and I thought okay I'll make half the batch and so I go to make half the batch and I don't write down half of the ingredients which I've made that mistake before and I absolutely know that I should write down the measurements and weights if I'm making half the batch I know I've made this mistake before so the fact that I've made it again is absolutely appalling So where it calls for three eggs, for example, I want 1.5 eggs. And where it calls for, let's say, 400 grams of flour, I want 200 grams of flour. So I'm looking at their list of ingredients. And I've just decided that I'm going to quick maths it in my head and, you know, divide it. So I do half of everything. But I decide, for some reason, that half of three eggs is two and a half like my hands do something to mean that I'm, you know, weigh out two and a half eggs, because I remember weighing out half of the egg, but rather than one and a half eggs, I make it two and a half eggs. Listen, I've realised it's too late, I've committed, all of the other ingredients are in, I just say, they'll be a bit eggy, it's fine. I put them in the oven They come out and they are rubbery. They're like, they haven't risen. They're flat. They've re sunk. Like, all of the things that anyone who, like me, got some baking experience, you know, you should know that it should have just been, should have just sacked it off. Should have called it a day. Should have said, oh, God, I made a mistake. Whatever, whatever. Okay, fine. Didn't do that. Carried on. Got rubbery, horrible cupcakes. Then I say, do you know what? I'm not going to be beaten by a cupcake. I am going to and I've got the ingredients for the icing. So I'm like, I'm going to make the cupcakes again. I go to Posh Sainsbury's again, which is very against my better judgment. Buy the expensive pumpkin in a can again and go to do it again. And this time I do get it right. I do weigh out one and a half eggs and half of the ingredients and it looks a bit better. I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't as liquid. And I put it in the cases and it is still half a batch. And it doesn't work out, it still was a bit rubbery and a bit chewy and not that nice. So my partner and I still eat them. (laughs) We obviously still get through them, but I didn't, you know, ice them or anything like that. They just ended up being snacks, completely unhealthy snacks that we probably shouldn't have treated like the casual in-between dinner, in-between meals snack that we did treat them as. and they when they cooled down they were okay but they still kind of sunk a little bit and they still had like that rubbery texture on the top so in my need to f- not feel like i'm an absolutely dreadful home baker i have decided that it's just <laughs> it's just the pumpkin puree that makes it that kind of you know slightly chewy slightly gooey texture inside i'm blaming my oven a poor workman blames their tools and that is absolutely what i am doing I'm just sack, I'm just like sacking it off, signing it off, chalking it down to difficult to work with pumpkin which is just absolutely a lie that I tell myself and um, the fact that I'd halved the batch did something magically weird which is also another lie to myself but it's what I have to do to keep on going so maybe next year when the autumn feeling strikes again I'll do a better job but furthermore it also might just, I might just make an unseasonal pumpkin spice cupcake but keep at it guys don't you know maybe there's another recipe out there that might work for you um don't be disheartened by dreadful baking disasters it's tough though it's tough out there i've also made the decision to unfollow the great british bake-off on um twitter because i don't check twitter a lot but when I do, I always see a spoiler for who left the tent, which I don't really care that much. I'm not, you know, I don't wait for that gasp moment to find out who's left the tent. But it does kind of, I haven't had that shock moment um, for quite some time because I'll just be mindlessly checking Twitter and I feel like they're giving away the person who leaves the tent like quite early on. Um, bear in mind, I don't watch Bake Off until usually the day after it's aired, so the Wednesday, Um So I'm giving. I'm not being very polite. I'm giving myself a full, at least 24 hours, sometimes 48, to be spoiled at. Um, But I just, I've got to unfollow because they're just they're uploading me these pictures of, you know, whoever's left crying and like with a quote in an image, and I'm like, oh for God's sake! I think it just, um, it's not end of the world, but it does ruin that mystique a little bit because sometimes you get a shock and you just don't really know. So then you're kind of spending the whole time watching, thinking oh, I wonder how they leave. You know, you're kind of looking for all of the mistakes that they make and all of the errors that they do, you know, waiting for them to go. So I think that's a little bit disappointing. So yeah, I've followed them on Twitter. Um, I'll have to just get the memes somehow in another manner. But Instagram's good for memes as well. So we'll keep at it. Some fantastic intro previews to the rest of the programme where... I genuinely thought, Matt Lucas must be back on the Little Britain payroll. Like, dressing up as E.T. I just thought, did you not do more, like, embarrassing things when you were working in Little Britain? Like, surely dressing up as E.T. and, like, reenacting these elaborate introductions is of a similar ilk. Like, he left Little Britain many, many years ago. We left it back in, like, the mid noughties and he's he's bringing it back he's bringing little Britain back so I I hope um I hope he's being paid as such we also see Laura just scraping we get that preview of her scraping her cake in the freezer and I just think oh my god cannot wait to see what happens here like you just it's that point isn't it where you're just like leading up to what is the scary moment Ugh, oh, exciting I talked a bit about Japanese week last week being I felt quite tenuous and I feel, if it's possible, like, 1980s is even more tenuous, is even more of a loose link, because at least with Japanese Week, I felt that we were exploring a new culture, um, we, be seeing bakes that we'd never seen before, you know, it was the, the purpose of the theme is to introduce new ideas and new bakes and, you know, really test the skill. 1980s, I'm like, I literally don't get why that's a theme, <laughs> I don't understand why you would group, you know, a certain genre of baking into, oh yeah, of course, of course, yeah, 1980s. That's exactly what it is. That's a 1980s bake, if ever I saw one. No, I feel that way about the 50s things and, you know, the 1950s or whatever, but I definitely don't for the 1980s. The thing I love about the signature is, I think I was saying this about Cornish pasties as well, it's the theme that you make this on a Sunday for your family, and I think, or you know, for the occasion or whatever you, whatever your normal thing is, and the the idea that you've got a signature quiche, like, oh Sheila's bringing her famous quiche. It just is a lovely idea to me, but also I think very unlikely. The idea that these people have got a signature quiche cracks me up because I'm like, you're not making that on a regular basis. Um, But then when they then show us all of the signature quiches that they do apparently make, including with baked beans, we can talk more about that later. It just it's such an eye opener to me. I think, do you make this? And if you do, I'm absolutely judging you whilst we're mesmerised by Paul's eyes somehow matching his linen shirt while he's outside in the sunshine, but not on the inside. It seems like there's quite the the colour change. I think someone makes a joke about the tent burning down. And I think, let's just not make a joke about that in 2020. It could happen. That is such a 2020 thing that could happen. Just this tent just go up into flames. It would just be absolutely dreadful luck, but I just don't want to tempt fate in these days. And I also think I heard Peter say, He was born in 2000. Happy to be corrected. Haven't watched the episode since. But if the man was born in 2000, I feel like that makes me queasy. I was born in 1992. And I remember I would do these, um, when I would do internships, you know, in the summer while I was at sixth form or university or whatever. Um, You know, you'd end up saying, oh yeah, because 92 or whatever. And then the people, the other people in the office would just be absolutely appalled that you were born in 92, and they're only born in, you know, 85 or something like that, but it just feels so babyish to them, and now that is exactly how I feel about people born in 2000, when I've got, like, young people working with me, and they're like, yeah, I was born in 2000, and I'm like, that's shocking, but it's not, they're 20, they're mature, they're grown-ups, it just feels so out of touch, doesn't it, it just feels so out of reach, to me anyway, there's a moment where I think everyone's trying to work out the maths of the 80s. I saw a meme about Noel Fielding. Everyone was just really appalled at him being 47 or something. And there was just a moment where like me and my partner are both trying to do this quick maths of how old were you in the 80s? And then the presenter's trying to work out how old that makes you. And I just thought it was a really funny moment because I'm dreadful at that quick maths. Like, oh, unless you were born in 1990 or 2000 or maybe 2010, if you're one of my nieces or nephews, I cannot work out how old you are. I can't do it. I've re- it will really take me quite some time. So fair dues to the presenters who were able to do it quite, quite swiftly. They talk about it being Satan's kitchen. And again, I'm thinking it's 2020. Can we not tempt fate? Satan could come out of hell and bother us. It does feel like that is the case sometimes, doesn't it? But I'm just thinking, let's not, let's not talk about Satan's kitchen and it being really hot and hotter than hell because I'm worried we're going to talk this into reality at this point. Of all of the quiches, I want to try Mark's Cornish quiche. That he has made some absolutely incredible looking things. And it does feel, you know, quite genuine. I I do see him making this. It is definitely a signature piece of his. But I always think about, okay, what one do I want to eat or maybe even replicate? Mm. And it's like, it's definitely, it's definitely Mark's. It just looks absolutely fantastic. Side note, how relieved are we that we don't have to say young mark, old mark, as I would have said, red mark, absolutely, just what a relief, just the one mark now, thank you, simplicity. Speaking of red mark, who unfortunately left us last week, they tell us it's 28 degrees in that tent, and I, what a nightmare, surely that is a nightmare, like 28 degrees inside a tent, it's not even as if it's like 28 degrees and you're on holiday, and you can zip in the pool, like it's 28 degrees inside vinyl, what and i met and it shows like i'm worried about dave he looks really really red and he's just he's just absolutely struggling like we love dave but we're concerned the food the food we've got the food, then we've got the booze then we've got the cheese and then we've got my family <laughs> we love to hear that Amin is bringing in influence from france and um, just that that beautiful inclusion we love that she's actually using her experiences and, um, you know, her, it does feel like she's bringing her life to the tent, which I absolutely love to see. And then later on, Paul is absolutely creeping in behind her. There's a shot where he just is just doing that thing where he's looking at what she's doing and it just is absolutely hilarious because she was completely unbothered. Matt and Noel also in their time check, they were drinking from disposable cups. And I'm thinking, guys come on we know too much about single use and there being no excuse for single use to be using disposable cups and I just thought oh how the attitudes have changed I know that we have disposable masks now and definitely like attitudes seem to have molded with the pandemic but disposable cups mm -mm -mm. no still absolutely zero excuse so the fact that it was on tv and no one edited that out I was surprised paul quite rightly looks absolutely concerned about the scrambled egg quiche and i am too i just think that's a process isn't it you've got to scramble that egg and then put it in the egg i just i was i was as appalled as as paul was really appalled paul shocking noel says um about someone's pastry he just goes even his pastry will be spiced like a Cumberland. And there's something about the way that Noel describes in the, you know, the drawing bit where we get a brief about how it's going to be before the judges kind of interview them about about their bake. Um, and then Noel or um, Matt give that voiceover. There's something incredibly dry about the way that Noel does it, which just absolutely cracks me up. And him saying something about Cumberland spiced pastry, Just really brought it all into perspective for me, like a Cumberland spice pastry. I don't think I want that. I don't think I want to eat that Cumberland spice pastry. Lottie, in her absolute wild card ways, bless the woman, is giving us baked beans in a quiche. Baked beans in a quiche. And I'm appalled and I'm shocked, and so is Prue. And Prue hates baked beans. And Paul has the audacity to say that she has to be open-minded. This is the same man who got a special burger steamed bun last week on Japanese Week because he doesn't like the gherkins? At the point of judging, Lottie's presented in this basket and it looks great, but I'm thinking just no amount of basket or presentation or effort can save what can only be described as quite the baked bean disaster. Like, there's just no way of trying to fix that error it's it's an absolute error in my opinion paul is just sweating and it looks as if he's sweating at the paprika in dave's quiche <laughs> and i think paul are you that sensitive to spice that you're sweating at paprika absolutely appalled don't we love as well that laura just loves pizza so much she's incorporated it into so many bakes like she has a pi- i think it's like a pizza quiche um just absolutely hilarious she loves pizza a woman after my own heart I also, if you could do me a pizza quiche, a pizza bake, a pizza cake, I'd have it. Love pizza. I'm absolutely on her side about it. I like that Paul is just really um, overly generous about the um, salmon and leek of Peter's. But just no handshake. So interested to see that. He was just really generous, really great feedback about Peter's. And just zero handshake. I I was quite surprised. Quite, support, quite surprised. I'm wondering if he's had feedback about being too generous with handshakes because I would give him that feedback. He was too generous with handshakes early days and they've lost their value. So I did think it was deserved at that point though. On to the technical and lovely to see that it's just so incredibly hot that Prue has had to take off her jacket and therefore looks as if she's on her way to Coachella that woman is not in lockdown she is ready for a party and she is wasted in this tent I mean I guess the rest of the country can see it on television but I, I just think Prue where are you going where are you going in this fabulous look I cannot imagine deep frying in that hot hot weather that they keep reminding us of and apparently neither can Peter because he's never deep fried anything and the only thing I can ask is has he lived How can you not have had like deep fried anything? It's so much fun. It's, it's, he hasn't lived. And he also can't be much of an experienced baker. Again, if he was born in 2000, I'm not surprised he hasn't deep fried anything because his parents probably were too scared that he was too young. And I absolutely believe it. But I I was surprised. He should have been deep fried something. Again, struggling to see how these finger donuts are 80s I wasn't born in the 80s I did not grow up in the 80s but to me a finger bun is universal with what cream or custard or whatever they put in it and jam that's universal I can buy that from Greg's tomorrow I don't get how it's 80s is it that it had a resurgence in the 80s Is it that maybe people had electronic deep fat fries in the 80s, but I know that they didn't because there there was loads of chip pan fires in the 80s and deep fat frying errors in the 80s. So I'm confused. I don't get how his 80s, except for maybe they just happened to come to fruition or were created. Need to do more research. If anyone's got any insights, do share. Paul tells us this was his first job in the bakery. And I think, Paul, how many first jobs have you had? I tell you, that man has had more first jobs than any of us put together. Uh, the amount of times he told us about... My dad told us to do the roles in the bakery and all of these kinds of things. Please do not talk about the accent. I'm trying, but I'm also not trying. I just think he's definitely told us that he's had other first jobs in the bakery before. I'm telling you. I'm going to have to do a deep dive on this one, but I'm sh- pretty sure he has told us that another job was his first job and I'm starting to really question his like credibility on this. It is not an episode of Bake Off with Doe unless someone does the window windowpane test and Lottie thankfully fulfils that requirement, tick list, tick it off the to-do list for us. However, she completely disregards it <laughs> i think she does the window paint test and then goes doesn't really matter that much and we love lottie's cavalier attitude but we and we love that she's done the window paint test but it's just hilarious that she just completely doesn't need it <laughs> but has fulfilled it fair play lottie everyone's then walking around with these wet rags on their shoulders like someone's dampened a rag And in the same way that last week, I was really wondering what runner on the production team had to, you know, make the papier-mâché mango for um, Matt Lucas's head. I'm wondering whose job it was to dampen the rags and hand them out to contestants. I'm just wondering, like, A, who was in charge of that process? B, how did you as a bake-off contestant apply for the wet rag? Did you just have to ask someone? Was there like a bit of a cue? Was there a bit of a waiting game? Because I noticed that Dave didn't had one, didn't have one, and he absolutely should have. The man was getting redder and redder by the minute and Lottie looked cool as a cucumber but had a wet rag. So would love insights into the wet rag process. And also did it really do anything? <laughs> I feel like wet rags just don't they just get warm as soon as they've touched your warm skin? Have never given myself a wet rag um, on the skin because I'm not in a 1950s film and I'm not a damsel in distress who's just fainted, which is the only time I've ever actually seen that happen. Lottie's also got this amazing Beyonce fan right at the foot of her um, workbench and I'm loving it. Like she's got the hair for it so it just looks fantastic. Fantastic, no pun intended, but I will absolutely take it. Dave comments that he's um taken something out the proving drawer too early and we know he absolutely has how many times have we seen people take things out the proving drawer too early and then go it'll just have to do and I'm going no give it an extra 10 minutes just so difficult to see people take things out the proving drawer too early like it looks like a sad sad pancake and you know Dave must be able to see that too I'm wondering if they get like this tunnel vision Whereas, like, I can see it's not ready, but I've just got to, like, time just will not allow me to not imagine that it doesn't look as dreadful as it does. Matt does this impression of Spandau Ballet, and it's dreadful. I'm a huge Spandau, Spandau Ballet fan. As someone, again, who was not born in the 80s, I just happened to absolutely love Spandau Ballet. And Matt Lucas's impression did upset me slightly. It was not good. It was not good. It made me sad. I have to tell the truth. Going back to Dave. Dave's look like potatoes coming out that fryer. They honestly, they've got the colour of like American russet potatoes. And the length, like, it's the week of the potato. Because there was an earlier zoom in on a potato for someone's quiche earlier in the episode as well. So just potato is the theme moving forwards. Poor Dave. Poor Dave poor Dave and his potato donuts. no I don't want to eat them, thank you. Noel in his let's bother Lottie and try and flirt with her moment of the week, I said it, um, he's talking about being in a nightclub at 1.30 or something like that and just the way they cut away um, I noticed at the end of the comment was just so awkward, it's just something about that moment where like Lottie's just trying to bake he's talking about being in a nightclub at 1 30 a minute ago he told us he was 47 it's not adding up to me it is I don't think it's a good look for Noel also we're in lockdown you're not in a nightclub at 1 30 Noel you're just absolutely not give it a rest at judging I'm looking at them and I'm thinking even though some of them do look a mess and we've obviously got the potato situation going on there's not a lot of technicals in recent weeks I've wanted to eat but these I truly do like would do a lot of things for a lovely donut with like custardy cream and jam in it that is a good show that is a good technical for me it's like want to eat it shows good skill kind of against the time but not in an awkward way like not in a too much of a rushed way where nothing looks good um absolutely delicious Poor Dave does come last, um, and he looks appropriately devastated about it. Truly, truly feel for the guy. We're on to the showstopper after what felt like quite a speedy technical, I thought. Didn't dwell too much on it, or maybe I just didn't make a lot of notes, to be honest with you. Um, So we're on to the showstopper, and in the middle of the table for their classic debrief moment are some fairy cakes that literally are like very year two they're very the kinds of things I make with my nieces I'm not knocking the talent that goes into making those kinds of fairy cakes but it was just funny because we've got like an ice cream cake technical uh, ice cream cake showstopper and like just some very quite plain basic fairy cakes in the middle of the table just there was no link there which I found quite funny um felt a little bit a little bit amateur to be completely frank and frank and harsh with you i think paul tells us he had to peel his jeans off which is not information i need to hear at any time of the day i just don't need to just there's so much talk about how hot it is and like we get it but i'm now i'm recording this in november (laughs) and the idea of someone peeling their jeans off is not only completely difficult to imagine because it's cold outside but also i just don't want to think about paul and his jeans don't want to think about how tight they are that he needs to peel them off i don't think that's right paul i don't even in hot weather jeans should still have some give no confusing has he got the skinnies Peter is giving me all of the joyous vibes with the idea of a Christmas ice cream cake and there's this beautiful shot of him like painstakingly cutting out these detailed little holly leaves and I'm like oh god yeah if there's anything we need in 2020 to try and give us joy it's the idea of a Christmassy ice cream cake surely that would fix things for us just sounds absolutely delicious and I want to try it and I want to eat it ermine she says she's bringing us sunshine and joy with her mango ice cream cake and she truly is like there's just something so comforting about not only ermine's manner but also everything that she makes like definitely wanted to try it we've got got this such a juxtaposition of what peter and ermine are doing but i want to eat them those things equally as much like so excited about both of them also truly do want Laura's Death by Chocolate as well just I want all of these ice cream cakes to be completely completely honest with you except for Dave's because no offense Dave but I don't I don't know if the piped ice cream is interesting never seen it on Bake Off before have to say um never seen anyone pipe ice cream and I then think i I think Paul does say this later um but I don't know if I want piped ice cream it just seems too like processed almost um it's an interesting idea it doesn't work out well for him though as we know Noel makes some comment about Sting or something and he just I just thought is this the right platform to be talking crap about Sting I don't know it just felt really out of place and um in today's mention number 400 of how much Noel annoyed me it's definitely these Sting comments it's like Sting's a national institution he's a he's a fantastic musician why are we talking crap about Sting very confusing Laura's poor, poor soupy ice cream and that not pressing the button on the machine is such an a forgivable mistake, isn't it? We've all seen it and we've probably all done it as well. Just not pressing the one bloody button that is actually going to freeze it. It reminds me of like when people just haven't put their ovens on and those jazzy ovens where you just put it on to like defrost or something. We've all done it and it's the same. It's like it's probably a really jazzy Like high-tech ice cream machine that isn't very clear about what it's supposed to do I'm probably making excuses Laura come on sort your shit out if you thought I was done talking crap about Noel you, you were absolutely mistaken because when he says um oh no you might actually be going home it's just the least reassuring thing you could possibly say. And it really made me pine for like Mel and Sue, who would be really reassuring in that point. Like someone saying, I might go home. And then Noel going, yeah, you might actually. It's just so sad. I know it's like a jokey, dry thing, but I just didn't think it was, it's just never the right thing to say. I'm what was that? Oh my God. Wow. It just went from bad to worse we've got ice cream discs marks breaking like a cracker just literally before your very very eyes breaking like your heart Dave's vein is absolutely popping out of his head I was incredibly worried he was about to have an aneurysm and Laura saying something was like from a horror film it's just you have everything going on and what more could be expected from a ice cream themed bake in as they keep telling us 35 degree weather um, it was just like, it, I felt like it was a pain Olympics between Lottie and Laura. It was literally like, who could be having the biggest nightmare? It was fantastic. When you peek into Laura's freezer as she's scraping around, which we'd had the preview before, where she's trying to, you know, scrape all of the ice cream onto some semblance of a round shape, bless her heart. We just see all of the stuff that has been scraped off in the corner of the freezer and it just was like I was like who is cleaning that out at the end of this shot who has got to clean that out probably the same person that had to wet the rags for her neck as we present Peter decides to give us the classic slab of tree by means of presentation um however I do want that as I said as my dessert on Christmas day I would pay good money for that Christmas ice cream cake on a slab of wood and all slab of tree any way which way means to get that to me on Christmas day I want I want it when I saw Lottie's in the state it was in bless her bless her efforts I thought why did no one think of a lava theme why did no one kind of capitalize on the idea that melting they could have made it work to their favor just a thought and Laura's in the end did not look that bad at all i think it's one of those situations where you you work it up in your head you're stressing you're worried you think it looks absolutely awful especially if other people's looks quite perfect and you know quite well put together you're comparing yourself against the other contestants which i i know is the whole point but then in reality it's like it did not look that bad i don't think i would still have eaten it that is not saying much But it's saying something. I noticed that in the debrief, so after judging, when they're all back in the judges' tent, I just noticed that Matt and Noel were just physically really close to each other. (laughs) It was quite funny because they've been talking about how hot it was and what a nightmare, and you know, all of you know, difficult peeling off jeans. It's that hot, but yet Matt and Noel just their shoulders are touching. Lottie's going. We find out Lottie's on her way out, and in a last-ditch attempt to flirt, Noel calls her, I think like cat face or kitten face or something. So I mean, he left on some kind of note. She says it will be weird not to be with everyone. I think it's just a reminder of how close, how unusual this year has been with everyone. You know, not only working together on these on these days, but they're really living together as well and she'll find it's very unusual to not be with everyone every day and it's just such a different such a different year for everyone such a different series and then when she says that she didn't bring any clothes i'm thinking well who outfit is she wearing whose outfit is she wearing today <laughs> who did she borrow this lovely boiler suit from because they've got style i just thought it was really interesting and then again did a runner have to go out and buy her some clothes as soon as she realised that she didn't pack appropriately? Because that's not their fault. <laughs> and of course, like, I'm not sure at this time, but was it that only essential retail was open? Did they have to get her this boiler suit from a Tesco that just happened to have a clothes section? I need more detail. I mean saying that her winning was like the cherry on the icing was just such a beautiful moment. And I have to confess, I shed a tear when her son came and hugged her. Again, a really poignant reminder of what these families have gone through just to be a part of this show. And oh, just absolutely, I don't cry at anything and I cried at that. So maybe it, was just, maybe it was just a sensitive day and maybe I was exhausted from all of the dreadful attempts at humour from, from our hosts, putting it bluntly. It was a really, really lovely episode. Um, I felt that it was really Matt and Noel humour heavy. I felt that they're, yeah, them trying to make their jokes and um, their close-ups, it was quite heavy on that. So I'm missing, I do think that that sometimes takes away from what the contestants are really going through. For example, I don't recall any like, you know, uh, mean moments or um, it was also quite tragic, like it felt quite tragic with uh, with the ice cream cakes and stuff like that. So it just felt it was more fraught than the cozy episodes that we might prefer and we might need in these in these moments lovely to see laura laura's growth you know she really tried so hard and to go from thinking that you're truly on your way out to having quite the comeback is what we love to see it's what this show is all about next week looks very intriguing i'm seeing syringes (laughs) if I thought it couldn't get any weirder it definitely can um that you see syringes and someone referring to themselves as Picasso so um yeah looking forward to seeing that thank you so much for listening um it's been lovely to debrief as usual um I look forward to next week and speak to you all then